What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. She is Michelle Maju. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning. I am feeling better. I was sick and I could not go to the preseason game last night. I was very upset about it, but I think it may have been a blessing in disguise because it is a long drive for me to get there. And I would have watched the 49ers put up zero points after, you know, going all that way. So maybe being sick was a good thing. Yeah, you didn't miss anything. We're going to review everything that happened. But before we do, we remind you, please rate, review and follow the Niners Nation podcast network. We always always appreciate your ratings and your reviews you're helping us get our star rating up on apple pods thank you very much i always say if you leave one i'll read it on the show this one comes from sawyer connor great podcast slash punishment ideas because we need ideas for our bets that we have made about over-unders for players for the season and sawyer writes great podcast favorites are 49ers in five then gold standard next gold diggers Rob, your punishment should be to do whatever Michelle tells you to do for 12 or 24 hours. Michelle, yours can be the same, except Rob picks what you do same time. Not really sure what that means. I don't know what that means. Thanks for the great podcast and keep up the hard work. I don't know necessarily that we want to get into you have to do everything the other person says for a certain amount of time, but I appreciate the thought. Yeah, it was a good thought. Um, we'll, we'll still be taking some... Uh some ideas here for that right because think about it you don't want to shave your head but if you have to do everything i say for 12 hours first thing i'm going to do is ask you to shave your head so first thing i'm going to do is tell you to eat some mayo every 10 minutes so yeah i yeah, right. don't want to do that that's not a good look but we'll keep the ideas coming uh we will pick one i promise you and uh we'll do it michelle's gonna have to, i don't know maybe she'll have to paint her nails a different color that seems to be the only thing you're willing oh to do oh my gosh you're such a baby i'll do something i think i should eat something spicy because i'll die that's true and you, that's gonna bother your stomach it's possible we'll see because of course i'm gonna be 100 right on all my predictions all right let's get to the texans game last night it was ugly uh, it's it just was Michelle and I know you want to start out with positive stuff so we will but I'm glad that you didn't have to drive multiple hours to see that performance because it was bad yeah I mean it was not great I'll put that out there it, the the good part is it's a preseason game it does not count all right so that's let's get that out of the way and we did we I think getting to see Samuel Womack out there just killing it he is so good. And for a fourth round rookie, he, like he looks like a star in the making. He looks like a playmaker, which is the most important thing because we said this defense needs to add a playmaker this offseason. It didn't really happen in free agency, but it seems like they got one out of the draft. He's allowed zero receptions on five targets and coverage. And it just feels like Every time a ball comes near him, like it looks like he's going to pick it off or he does pick <laughs> it off. Like he, his hands are always going like, that's what I love. It's like, he's never, it's like, oh, I lost this or, oh, they're going to like, his arms are just wailing. And I'm like, he just gets his hands in there. I'm like, wow, this dude looks awesome. Like I, he gets me very excited to watch. He's a real deal. And whether it's at nickel or outside, I don't know, maybe more nickel, but like, he doesn't panic when the ball is in the air. When, when he's run down the field with the receiver, he doesn't panic like the other 49ers defensive backs and just grab somebody's arm. He is totally calm. He makes plays on the ball. That's what the 49ers have never done. He looks so good. I'm just like, I've seen enough. Like he's legit. 
He's at least going to be a solid NFL player, which is an absolute steal in the fifth round. Oh, yeah, fifth. I said fourth. Sorry. I thought he was a fourth runner. Oh, no, that was Burford. Um, yeah, he is a he's a steal. He looks so great. Uh, so that is a positive. At least we have that. And I think it is a big positive because there's a lot of things we talked about this offseason. It was the worry on the offensive line, the worry with the safety depth, and then the worry with playmakers. Now, the first two things, you know, we're still worried about after <laughs> the third preseason game, but at least the third one, we have an answer to a little bit. I, I think this is the playmaker you needed on defense. You have Traverius Ward, who's been like a lockdown corner so far this summer. Like, that's all good. The first two things, though, were less than two weeks away from the season starting, and it's still not looking great. So that's the positive for the 49ers. Samuel Womack is really, 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 really good. And that's it. Unless you want to talk about Mitch Wisnowski, who had like a 60-yard punt, which was awesome, which somehow the 49ers didn't manage to down at the one-yard line, despite the fact that there was like six guys around the ball. But that, I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is there any other positive you want to get to from last Ray night? Ray McLeod did not fumble. He bobbled, <laughs> but he did not fumble. Of course he did. That, that is a disaster waiting to happen. He's a ticking time bomb. I'm saying it now before the preseason. Do you like started. that? He always never gets back to the 25. No, I, I was <laughs> watching him last night. I was thinking like, what's so special about this guy as a There's returner? Nothing. There's I don't nothing. get it. Man. He never gets back to the 25 and he always wants to take it out. And then it's like, okay, well now, I mean, it's only a couple of yards, but we could have just started at the 25 and not had to worry about you fumbling. Like, right. Yeah. Good luck with that. Okay. So that was the good Samuel Womack is the man. Let's get to Trey Lance. Um, because there's a lot to get into. He played three drives in the game, which was one more than Kyle Shanahan had said he was going to get on KMBR, I think, because he didn't really look that great, Michelle. I thought the first drive was okay. I really did. Like, after the first drive, I was like, you know what? They didn't score any points, and, you know, they have to punt, but it was an okay drive. I thought Lance's deep pass to Debo was a good placement of the ball. It was just a good defensive play. Like that's all it was. Wasn't on Debo. Wasn't on Lance. Good defense. So I was like, okay, we can live with that. Looks good. But then the second and third drive. <laughs> whoa, man. Yeah. I mean, look at all the inconsistencies. My original plan going into this game was to say, well, you know, whatever your priors were on Lance, they were confirmed in this game. Cause there were some good plays, some bad plays. And that was going to be, I thought what I was going to be able to say coming out of this one. The problem is that's not true. The only prior that was really confirmed is that Lance is going to have serious accuracy issues. And it was. And it's not like, well, you know, he can't hit an open receiver. But it's where he's hitting open receivers. And there's one play that I tweeted out before we started recording. And I can't remember who the receiver was, if it was Turner or whoever it was. It was but Turner. It was Turner. It's in the first quarter with a minute and 42 seconds left if you want to go watch it. He has a completely clean pocket. Nobody is around him. It was one of the few times where he had all day. You couldn't ask for a better pocket. And Turner's coming over the middle, and he is wide open, like wide open. There's nobody within five yards of him. And Lance throws it, and it's complete. It's good enough to be complete, but Turner has to go down to the ground to catch the ball. He doesn't get any yards after catch. If, if Lance can't hit those gimmies, 
he's going to negate Kyle Shanahan's greatest strength. Yeah, 100%. I had that written down as one of my biggest concerns because also that's his only intermediate completion this preseason, which is 10 to 19 air yards, which is, you know, that's like picky being there. But also it's only one of two completions with 10 plus air yards. So like throwing the ball 10 plus yards through the air and completing it, he's only done it twice this preseason and that's one of them. And then the other one was the Danny Gray long touchdown, of course. But he struggled at that a lot last year as well. With those intermediate throws, he was one of the worst in the league. And you have to be good at those type of throws to succeed in the NFL. It can't just be short passes and then deep passes. You need that intermediate range. And he's only had three of those attempts this preseason, one completion for 14 yards. 10 of his attempts have been fewer than 10 air yards. Five of those coming from behind the line of scrimmage. You would have liked to see, you know, Kyle Shanahan kind of working that in a little bit more and not just doing the short throws. I know that's something he also has to work on his short throw accuracy, but like that, that's not going to work in an offense, especially if he's not putting it in the right places short to get those yards after catch. Because another pass I wanted to bring up that first down pass to Chris Warner uh, to the right sideline. Charlie Warner. Charlie Warner, yes, sorry. Uh, Should have been an easy first down, but the pass was thrown behind him. He Mm -hmm. caught it, and it was still a first down. So, you know, he got the job done, but he had to fight for the first down. It should have been an easy catch and run for the first down, and it was just a bad ball placement again. And I know, but this is what people are saying. Jimmy Garoppolo did the same thing. Yes, he did. But that Jimmy Garoppolo is not the bar. Trey Lance doesn't have to just be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. He has to be one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. That's why you drafted him. So I don't care if it's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. It damn well should be. Jimmy Garoppolo was a second round pick. Trey Lance was the third overall pick in the draft. Jimmy Garoppolo is not the standard on which to judge him. So I just want people to stop saying that. Um, I thought that he, again could have been more decisive when deciding to run the ball. Yes. He's he always 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 looks downfield, which is good, which I would prefer if I had to choose one or the other, but it's funny, I think like they're going to need someone to tell him like it's okay, like go. And I don't know if Kyle's going to do that cuz I don't think Kyle wants him to run at all really. Well, then I don't know why they took him. Like honestly, I'm not trying to be this big of a Debbie Downer, but if he's not going to run it's going to be very hard for him to improve as a passer. It just is. That's what's going to make him a better passer is if he runs, it's going to make your entire offense better if he runs. Cause that's what makes defenses confused. Like I, I brought up to you last night. I, I felt like they were running play action a ton and uh, with Trey Lance and they were, they ran at 32% of the time of Lance's dropbacks yesterday. The bills led the league last year with around 24% play action percent. And they were super successful because it's play action. Does Josh Allen keep it and run? Does Josh Allen uh, hand it off? Does Josh Allen keep it and pass? Like that third element is so huge. And if like that defense last night was not scared at all that Trey Lance was going to run. Like that's insane to me. That's such a huge part of it. There was only six teams last year that had over a 20% play action rate. It was the Bills, the Ravens, the Eagles, the Cardinals, which those are four of the six all have extremely mobile quarterbacks that are not scared to run when they need to. And guess what? Their offenses were pretty successful. 
And then the other two were the Dolphins and the Commanders. Those two mm. offenses were not successful whatsoever because they were running this at a high rate and they don't really have quarterbacks that were running a ton. There was too many times last night where it was Trey Lance gets out of the pocket and he's trying to decide, should I throw or should I run? And by the time he makes a decision, it's too late on both. Like you gotta just, when you have 10 yards space, just go get the first down, go run it. Like you gotta take that sometimes. And I'm hoping it's just the preseason. And they're like, we don't want you to get hurt. We want you to practice throwing. That's it. And maybe things change, but this offense, if all you wanted to do is have someone back there to throw it more accurately and, you know, have bigger plays, then you should have just drafted Mac Jones. I'm sorry. Like, that's not why you took Trey Lance. You take Trey Lance because of his abilities with his big arm, but also because of his athletic ability. And not just on designed runs, which I think Kyle's going to design some things for him in the running game. But it's also in the scramble game. That is the biggest benefit. I mean, how many times have the Niners themselves been gotten burned where they have everybody covered and quarterback scrambles for a crucial first down? like Ryan Tannehill did in the Titans game. like it, You need that element. And maybe he's just waiting for the regular season, maybe. But even in the regular season, you know, I saw him multiple times last year in the two starts. Wait, wait, wait before taking off. And like sometimes, you know, like he did in the first game against the Packers, he was able to actually gain, I think, like eight yards, which is great. But sometimes if you're going to make a substantial gain, you got to go. You can't hesitate. And he's he's hesitating right now. So we'll see if that changes. That's definitely something I'll be keeping an eye on once the regular season begins. Yeah. And surprisingly, he was pretty, um, you know, his numbers did not look good on the run last year. And <clears throat> normally these mobile quarterbacks, they're the top of the league at being really good at throwing on the run. He only had 14 attempts. So it was really small sample size, just a 40 completion percentage negative 13.6 completion percentage over expectation. Like, and I think it's because he's being so hesitant with like trying to decide if he should run or if he should pass and it's just messing up everything. And at that point, when you're young like this too, just run, just go get the yards. (laughs) And then that's going to make defenses like, Oh shoot, we need to like be prepared for this. And it's going to bring a whole other element that the defense has to worry about. And It's so silly to me if Kyle Shanahan really took Trey Lance to try to make him just a passer. Like that's, we want to, like if Kyle Shanahan does this and he doesn't utilize his legs, then he's not the brilliant master mind of (laughs) offense that we think he is. And again, all this could change. Lance is probably going to get better as we go along, but right now this is where he is. And, and, A lot of people in my mentions last night as I was tweeting things that were critical of Trey Lance, which apparently I did not realize you can't criticize Trey Lance at all. You you can't say anything bad about his play. Everybody from last year wants to just completely throw out all his numbers from last year because of the broken finger. He was hurt last year. He had a broken finger. He couldn't grip the ball. It changed the way he throw. But you want to keep the good stuff, right? Like you can't have it. If you're going to throw out last year, then throw out everything. I don't totally throw it out. He was in there. He was good enough to play. If you're good enough to play, you're good enough to get judged. So I'm not just going to say, well, it's everything's going to be fixed now because he doesn't have a broken finger. No. And it seems like, you know, a lot of the issues from last night were his issues from last season, the holding onto the ball too long, the accuracy issue short, the, 
you know, being under pressure, not making the best of decisions. It's just like, it's not all on him because that offensive line could not have been worse last night. I oh, mean, boy. like, and another worry. And it's like, okay, luckily they didn't, they weren't starting the two starting tackles, right? Well, mm-hmm. if Mike McGlinchey can actually come back healthy before week one. So that should be better instantly. But those three interior offensive linemen, those are your starters and they didn't look good either. I Aaron Banks has like a 29 PFF pass blocking grade so far this offseason. And that's not including last night. And he did not look good last night. So I don't expect that to be any better. And he's your starting left guard. And it's not looking pretty, at least for Aaron Banks. Jake Brendel, I guess, is looking okay, but not very great. And then you have a complete question mark at right guard with Spencer Burford. I don't. I don't know. I don't feel good about that interior offense line. I've been saying it all offseason long, and they did not make me feel better last night. Maybe when you put in the starting tackles, they all look better. They should, but woof, that was bad. Going into the season with Banks, Brendel, and Burford or Brunskill, whoever you want to say, like that's a terrible, terrible plan, especially for a young quarterback. They looked awful last night. Spencer Burford, three pressures allowed. Justin School, two. Jalen Moore, two. Colton McKivitz, one. Banks, one. Jason Poe, one. Banks was awful. There's a fourth, I think it's a fourth down run, fourth and short, where Banks is pushed into the backfield, almost into the running back before the running back gets the handoff. And again, this is a second round pick. And this is a guy that Kyle Shanahan told us last year was trying to sell us that he was ready to start last year. Aaron Banks is ready to start. And now we get out there and he's getting his ass handed to him by the Texans. Come on, man. And, and we saw during the game that, oh, the 49ers have reached out around the league for trade candidates. Like, yeah, if only they could have seen this coming. Like, come on. It's unbelievable. And don't tell me anybody out there. Again, I'm going to say this. Don't tell me that Jimmy Garoppolo's $18.5 million couldn't have been used to bolster this offensive line. Because David Lombardi, I'm looking at you. Akash, I hate to do it, but I'm looking at you too. You guys told me that there was nobody out there that was good enough for the 49ers to sign, right? Because you said, well, they could have signed people if they wanted to. They could have just done other things with the money. So you're telling me there was nobody better than these people out there to sign? I'm not buying it. Lake and Tomlinson? Franchise signing him. You yeah. could have franchised Lakin Tomlinson. The franchise tag for guards is like 16 million. So you wouldn't you would have still saved two million dollars if you cut Jimmy and franchise Lakin Tomlinson. It's unbelievable. Nope, we can't do it. We're gonna go over there and friggin' banks. And we saw the run game look pretty bad last night as well. Um, you know, Trey Sermon's not looking great, even just himself. Like it seems like he has zero vision, but he also doesn't have a lot of space to work because that line wasn't giving him anything up the middle. Yeah. Um, it's tough to evaluate the running backs last night because the line was so bad. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I was reading my book by the time Ty Davis, <laughs> Ty Davis price actually got any carries, but from the stat sheet, you could tell me four carries for negative three yards. What happened there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, it was bad. There was one play where I, I don't think it was Ty Davis price. I think it was Trey sermon. Like, Again, the, the right guard or the center, I can't remember who it was, but is shoved back into this person before they get the ball. They're two and three yards in the backfield. You know, it's one thing if the offensive line just holds steady, right? You don't have to necessarily get push on every play for a running back to gain yards, but you can't go backwards. You can't get pushed back into the running back. So I think it's really hard to evaluate Jordan Mason, Trey Sermon, 
Ty Davis price. I mean, the best running back last night for the Niners was Jeff Wilson, and he had three carries for 16 yards. Yeah, it wasn't looking pretty. We need to see Trent Williams out there. Do you think Mike McGlinchey is actually ready for week one? Because, again, like I feel like they're just taking their sweet time getting him back, and it's like, okay, now we're getting really close to the season, and he hasn't you know, played in a game since week nine last year. Maybe well, he played the first game of the year. Or the first game of the preseason, oh, he, he played okay. limited, but then he got hurt immediately. So that's the thing. You know, you work his way back from this mate, which he had a major injury. It was a very, very serious injury that not yeah. a lot, not everybody comes back from. And he comes back and, you know, we're hearing how he looks so good and everything is good. And then he plays like a handful of snaps against the Packers and then pff, immediately out again. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan said they're going to ramp him up in practice and see what the pain tolerance is, which kind of implies to me that like, this is something that's going to bother him yeah. all season long. And it's just going to be how much can he suffer basically, <laughs> which is not ideal because Jalen Moore looked like a friggin' turnstile last night. It's not looking great. I'm not going to lie to you. And I, I know I keep bringing up Eric flowers, but it seems like you have a massive hole at left guard. He was good. He was very solid last year at left guard for the Washington commanders now he a lot of teams could use left guard my Steelers could use one and they're not going to sign him either so I don't know what's going on with him maybe I'm just completely wrong maybe he's a you know bad teammate I have no idea like why is he still a free agent mm -hmm. maybe he's asking for too much money who knows but it seems like there's a really nice upgrade here and nobody wants to take it they got to do something they have to do something like maybe it's a, a Lake and Tomlinson type of trade you know, nobody was breaking down the Lions' door to get Lake and Tomlinson when the 49ers traded for him. I remember seeing that trade and being like, eh, okay, like, whatever. I don't even know who this guy is. Lake and Tomlinson, great. I'm, you know. And then all of a sudden, he ends up being an absolute stud. Never misses a snap for the 49ers. Basically plays at a Pro Bowl level. You know, they traded for Lake and Tomlinson on August 31st in 2017. Okay. So, like, they're capable of making this kind of move. Go do it, man. You, you have to upgrade that. It was comically bad last night. It was. And if it wasn't such a worry for us all offseason long, maybe we'd be like, okay, that's one bad game. But we were worried about two spots all offseason long. It was offensive line, and it was the safety depth. If anything happened to Jimmy Ward. Well, A, it was who's going to start with right. Jimmy Ward. Like, that was scary enough. And we are like, God forbid anything happens to Jimmy Ward. And... Now, what do you do? And now it looks like he's going to miss the first four games. That's massive. Yeah, I mean, he does so much for this defense. He's such an eraser. And he's going on short-term IR, so he's going to miss Chicago in week one, Seattle in week two, Denver and Russell Wilson in week three, which makes me super nervous because we know Russ loves those moon balls, and then the Rams in week four. And, I mean, he set the tone in that first Rams game last year with two interceptions right in the first quarter, including a pick six. So that's going to, that's a huge loss for the 49ers, but I think they're doing it the right way because you cannot rush him back from this hamstring injury. Yeah. You know, he's going to have four weeks in the regular season. There's still 17 days between now and week one. So you're talking that's six weeks right there of recovery time. You have to play it like this because you can't risk bringing him back too soon. But another thing, it's like if you were to just gotten rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, like maybe you could have signed a better safety yep. or like 
Terrell Edmonds was out there forever and the Steelers resigned him for cheaper than the 49ers got George Odom. Now I, I get that Odom is a really good special teamer and that's what they needed. And that's why they went to go get him. But Edmonds would have been by far your best safety behind Ward, like just from the start, let alone like now you could really use that. So it's just like, like what were, why were they sleeping on these positions? Like your team is too good overall to be lacking this kind of depth at two, definitely offensive line is like extremely important, but like safety, you can't just have like just scrubs back there. Come on. You know, what's going to happen, Michelle. I know. I know. Eagles are going to cut Jaquiski tart and the Niners are going to sign him back, baby. Your favorite safety. He, I mean, at this point they need him. So I almost have to hope for the Eagles to cut him. Oh, I am. It would be pretty wild because safety is their biggest weakness on the roster. The Eagles' biggest weakness by far is their safety room. So if Jaquiski Tark gets cut when they desperately need safeties, um, that's saying something. But at the same time, at least Tart knows the system. At least he has, you know, experience playing in the NFL at the safety position. And, you know, he's better than what they have right now. He's better than Tarverius Moore, that's for sure. Yeah. And uh, Tarverius Moore getting an interception last night. Like, it's that's not even fair. I mean, Samuel Womack makes an incredible play in the end zone, and the ball just falls right to Moore. Oh, yeah. He did he did nothing. Uh, but so I, I'm not against Tart re-signing with the 49ers at this point. I, I think they pretty much need it to happen. The This is what, uh, why it's so important, though, if Samuel Womack can be good, right? Because if the corners are really good, that helps mitigate the loss that you experience with Jimmy Ward out. If the corners can lock it down, you know, that takes a little bit of the pressure off Hufanga and whoever the hell they decide does, to start opposite him. Does Tart catch that interception last night if yeah. he was in Moore's position? No, well, he'd never be in Moore's position. That's the weird thing about him. It's like he couldn't even get those fluke right place, right time interceptions in his career. So no, I, he's, he's not going to be in that spot. So I'm going to say it's incomplete. Now they did sign to Sean Gibson. Um, 32 years old. I don't know. He he's made it in the league 10 years now, 10 seasons now entering his 11th season. So he has lots of experience. He was once decent, but over the last four <laughs> seasons, he, he's been on the Jaguars, the Texans and the bears, and they've all moved on from him. So I, I think it's a good signing though. You need a depth and at least at the very least, he's a seasoned vet who can help teach these younger guys. You got to have somebody just, just don't have liabilities because the pass rush is going to be so good. Like I saw a lot of people saying, why aren't we getting enough of a pass rush? I'm like, are you serious? The whole defense is out. And <laughs> they didn't play anybody on the defense. I think there was like 16 inactives. Almost Mills all was, of them were defensive Davis guys. Mills was pressured on 42% of his dropbacks. I mean, he, they, they were getting pressure and that was with their backup. So I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. So um, that's going to be there, but. Yeah, the safety position, that injury is scary. I love Jimmy Ward. He's so damn good. Plus, I just love his personality. I love it, man. He's trash-talking Travis Kelsey in the offseason. Like, you need a little swagger. So, get well, Jimmy Ward. Hopefully, you come back soon. But, yeah, that was that was a little sketchy. All right. Let's get to this. Speaking of sketchy, it doesn't have to do with the 49ers, but it is in the NFC West. Aaron Donald, at practice yesterday against Cincinnati, is swinging helmets 
at people like in a brawl setting. We have the video. We have seen it. And he's going to get away with it scot-free, Michelle. It makes absolutely no sense. Because if he did it in a game, he would be, I mean, Miles Garrett did it in a game. One swing and he was suspended six games. It was technically indefinite, but there were six games left in the season, I believe. And then he came back that next season. I, I just don't understand that just because you did it in practice, all of a sudden the NFL can't get involved at all. Like we know the Rams aren't going to suspend it. It like even if they did, it would be for one game, but I highly doubt that they're going to go in into the opener, the Thursday night opener uh, for the NFL season against the Bills and right. not have Aaron Donald. Like they're not going to do that on their own and put themselves in that kind of position. Uh, I retweeted the most perfect tweet of all time from Joe. You guys know, I just cannot say names. Diabasi. I'm going to go with DiBiase. DiBiase. Okay. Aaron Donald does this in a game. He gets suspended. Aaron Donald does this on his own time in public. He gets suspended. Why would the practice field be the only place on earth where he doesn't get suspended? It's so true. That makes zero sense. And that's just like the NFL with their stupid rules. Like why are there so <laughs> many stupid rules? We're like, well, technically we can't do that. It's like, well, stop putting these in place. I don't, I don't know. You're the NFL. Okay. You could do whatever you want. You're Roger Goodell. You're the commissioner. You can you could invoke the best interest of the game clause, which every commissioner has. Like it's absurd the idea. Of, oh, we can't punish him. Yeah, right. You can't punish him. Give me a break. You're Roger Goodell. You could call up the Rams and be like, punish this dude. Like you can put pressure on them to do the right thing, and but he won't. And it's just gonna be like, oh, okay. And that you're right. That's or that tweet was totally right. Anywhere else he does that on the field, he's missing time. And now it goes from possible six game suspension to zero. They're not even going to find him. It's he swung like five times in a row. It wasn't just one time. I mean, that would have been bad enough. I mean, that was Miles Garrett, right? But he swung like it just kept going and going and going. You're like, holy crap. I thought when I first saw the video, I was like, okay, I'm sure it's like nothing. And then, oh my goodness. I was like, this dude is just going at everyone with a helmet. I don't know how you don't get in trouble for that. That's telling also anyone at practice, like, I don't know how you have joint practices then after that. If right. You're saying there's no liability because any punishment would have to come from the team. And obviously the team's not going to hurt themselves. Like, why would you ever do a joint practice again then? What if he swings that at Jamar Chase and gives Jamar Chase a concussion? Like, it's one thing to be swinging at your own team. Like, maybe you could say, like, well, it was our own team, whatever. Like, even that doesn't hold water with me. But when, it, when it's another team, he could have changed the Bengals' season in a huge, huge way, if he didn't kill somebody, which he definitely could have done. like It's wild to me that the punishment is zero just because it was practice. You would hope the NFL ends up doing something. They really only will if people keep up on it. And I don't know if people will, like be over it after yesterday and just like four game suspension. About it. I think it's clear he needs a four game suspension. You know, he can come back in week five. I think that's, you know, right after the 49er game, that's when Aaron Donald <laughs> should come back. I will say, I think we're all just so like our energy's gone from the Deshaun Watson stuff. Like, yeah. why do we have to keep fighting for the NFL to do the right thing? Like, it shouldn't be the public opinion having to put up this big of a fight for the NFL to do the right thing because it's it's exhausting. Like, I don't have any more fight in me. Like the the now the other punter with the bills, and it's just like they just cut their veteran punter when they already knew this. And it's just like, oh my God, like. 
why does it come down to we have to then be upset for them to do something? It's because it they has don't to care. It's they exhausting. They do not care as long as the check clears. That's literally the. You think the owners really care about that stuff? No, they don't even care about football. Most of them. It's just a business to make money to increase their fortune. That's all it is. And the coaches don't care because the coaches want to keep stay employed. They got this great job where they make millions of dollars in a career where chances are you've moved around a lot in your life because, you know, assistant coaches change teams all the time. So they just want to stay employed, stay in one place, not have to take their kids out of school. Everybody just wants the machine to keep rolling. It's the it's only the fans that are the ones that have to say, like, hey, this is horrible, horrible. We don't even know if anything's going to happen to them. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> we, we don't. It's so early on in this story. We'll see what happens. Like, but at the very least, he should not be playing until they get through the investigation. Like, I think that's all we wanted from Deshaun Watson, too. It's like this dude should not be playing until at least the investigation is done. And then like you like the fact that Deshaun Watson got to play in a preseason game before they made their decision, before everything like that was just gross. Like you shouldn't teams should not be playing these guys. Like if he suits up tonight, I'm not saying that they should cut him without doing an investigation or you should cut as soon as someone alleges something on, you No, but just take it a little bit more seriously. And you, you found out about this many weeks ago and it seems like you should have been doing, you know, more then, and you cut your veterans who are saying he won the job. And it's just like this whole thing. And it's just like, you clearly aren't doing any work unless people find out. And then you're like, Oh shoot. No, I guess we have to pretend to investigate. And now, Oh shoot. We have to cut him. Like, it's just like, it's exhausting. Yeah, you're right with the Ariza situation. We don't know, but man, I I have to admit, like I always tend to believe the accuser in these situations. Yeah. Sorry, I just do. The I amount do of yeah. the amount of times there's someone is making it up is way, 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 way less than the amount of times where assault actually takes place. But at least with the Bill situation, there's something to investigate. With Aaron Donald, there's nothing to investigate. Just watch the video. That's it. That's your investigation. He did it. Done. And there will be no punishment. So just, yeah, some ugliness right now in the NFL, some ugliness with the 49ers on Thursday night. But we are through the preseason. There's 16 days between now and week one. So guys that are hurt can rest up a little bit. Mike McGlinchey, I'm looking at you. Traverius Ward, I'm looking at you, although he should get back to practice pretty soon here. So hopefully things are on the up and up for the 49ers. God help Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey. Heal up, baby, because we're going to need you. Michelle, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. I don't know what your plans are, but I hope you rest up, feel better, and uh, we'll we'll get back at it next week. Bye, y'all.